Um, you meet a lot of people, and many of them have chronic pain, physical pain. What do you say to them? What do I say to them? Yeah, like I have some, I have a slip disc, and this man has a bar in his chest. Did you hear about that? Justin. Yes. <laughs> bar. It's still a bar. Holy snow, how'd you get that? <laughs> Uh, well, it wasn't a fight, no, okay. um, <laughs> It was uh, just a birth thing. My uh, sternum was sunk in to the point where it was restricting breathing, and you could see my aorta pumping through my chest. So they put the bar in and uh, adjusted or they uh, fixed it. But when, when they did that, the uh, obviously all the ribs that are attached to the sternum also shifted. So and then there's uh, two plates on the side just to hold it in place. So. Generally, it's it's not usually a problem, but some days um, it's worse than others. <laughs> well, yesterday Justin was weed whacking, so you're in a lot of pain uh, last night. I don't know if it was necessarily from the weed whacking, or uh, I'm not. It, well, it wasn't from work because I'm not I'm not I'm not getting no. any work period. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> but uh, it was just really bad yesterday. But it's, it's okay. And so they had to change the bar as a group? Uh, no, it's the same one. Like It's only been in probably three years now. Oh, I see. So it, it's supposed to be like braces before your bones. So like it's supposed to come out at some point. It's just right now it's... Uh, You're not growing anymore. I hope not. <laughs> but uh, now it's just saving the funds so I'm able to uh, take that time off of work to recover it so how do you deal with chronic pain? Um, what would you say is chronic pain? It's it's constant day to day. Like uh, it'll be like a, a I want to say numbing almost, but it I kind of just try to not think about it too much or try to just block it out by doing other things. So when you meditate, is it more conscious? Yeah, because um, it restricts the, the bar. Like if I take a deep breath, it gets to a certain point, and I start feeling a restriction in it, mm-hmm. and then like a slight pinch on the the right side. So that sometimes can be a an object to kind of almost to try to overcome because it, obviously you don't want to be sitting there thinking about how much you're just like uncomfortable with it. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So you can't take a deep breath? I can take a deep breath, it's just probably not as deep as... Can you run? Yeah. You can run and play sport? You can do that? Hmm. Chronic pain, yeah. Yeah, it's very personal. Depends. I think each person figures it out how they're going to... I think we have an innate wisdom, which we're going to be happy, right? We have that in us. We want to be free from suffering. So, because the chronic pain, we just keep watching whether it's diet or exercise or no exercise, and we figure it out. Mm-hmm. Cause and effect. Yeah, and we're inherently we want to be in that. Learning for happiness, we just take, you know, social, physical, psychological, just trying to find 
you know, deeper, deeper sources of well-being. I have seen, I have seen a tendency among, maybe it's my bias being 68 years old, but I do sense that younger men have a, <coughs> no one could have yet, <laughs> suffer from a kind of cyberchondria, cyberchondria, or they're overread <laughs> about things on the internet, and, and I think there's a kind of fearfulness about smells and you know, all manner of things that like they know too much, they've read too much, and they have a lot of anxiety about stuff. And that's different than psychological. That's psychological pain that you can work with. But I but I have seen some they're so fearful around uh, sickness that it's that it's really hard to call them on. Like, oh, so you know, I'm getting sick or whatever. It's like if someone wants more chocolate, I say you don't need more chocolate, right? But if someone says to me, oh, I need uh, more comfort, and they say it's sickness, it's hard to say. Well, is it your mind or is it your body? So it's really up to them to figure that out. So psychological pain, or psychological that you can try to walk, the mind proliferating on. But to dismiss the body and push it, that was more the pattern of the old forest monks. They were, they were super tough. Uh, probably because yeah, actually, when I think about it, the monks of Ajahn Chah's generation just had no options. They just didn't have medicine. Didn't have a hospital to go to. You know, just they knew the herbs, and that was it. So they had to. They just had to endure a lot, which meant that they probably their bodies took a real beating, and their bodies. Had the consequences of that, but they were tremendously, they had tremendous um, endurance just from the nature of their culture. I think the opposite extreme is our our culture now, where there are so many distractions and so much information about diet and about like, what, what, what did you guys give me this morning? This that ground up stuff. Boy, the hemp seeds. Most of the stuff I never even heard of right. like ten years ago. And now it's become really important. These these different kinds of things. So we we have we have a different problem than the old monks of those days. And I don't want to go into that um, cliche rap about in the good old days, you know. <laughs> Mm. Monks do. I just think we have different problems. We have different. We have different cultural conditioning. So we 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 know so much and there's so much information that we're sometimes yeah, just just like if you've read a lot about Theravada, you've read about different Ajahns attaining different states, and then you read the suttas. You have all this information about what attainment is. 
and then young young men, young monks are kind of I listen to them sometimes. It's it's like they're trading Wayne Gretzky stories. <laughs> <laughs> As if they know anything, you know, this oh, such one has that and this such one has that and I say it's just like trading baseball cards. <laughs> Me and Peter are guilty for <laughs> talking about that. I wasn't gonna say anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> Which young men will always do, you know, Shane. Ingress from Tangles like last week or something. <laughs> this month had 60 channels. <laughs> so we're kind of we're, we're a very I would say overly informed kind of culture. And so our our challenge is, is the the mind which is always moving towards judgment and analysis and not really just giving up to the way things are. Whereas I think perhaps our rural culture, like Ajahn Chah's culture, maybe their, their, their capacity to analyze was not enough. It wasn't strong enough. I, I don't know. I can't say I'm not from that cultural set. Okay, but you know, you have, we have to sort out each of us our own different cultural conditioning, family conditioning. Maybe it's about having two sides of the coin. You know, their their culture, like you said, raised them without hospitals and things like that. So they'd already, just like to paraphrase what you said, given up to the way things are in a certain respect. And then they had to develop kind of the other side through practice and things. Although that's a lot different than reading and reversing yourself. Well, in the West, we have so so much incredible resources when it comes to. Um, expositions on the Dhamma, uh, books on this and that specific topic of the Dhamma. We have at our fingertips like uh, Dhamma talks by the greatest like yeah. Ajans of, of our day, and uh, <coughs> so we're we're so incredibly blessed on one side, but then like you said on the other side we're so lacking, and um, so maybe it's about bringing the two together. And then yeah, it's about understanding. Your own, your own gender, your own culture, your own familial karma. You know what your family has conditioned you as. What you, the media that you, the media that you absorb is different than the media I absorb. You know, I'm a Westerner. You know, the things that I absorb is different than you absorb. And all that creates a kind of worldview and creates certain desires and expectations and anticipations. Conditions of sense of self. And the Buddha's teaching, it's all kindness. It's all, that's the brilliance of the teaching, but it's all five kindness. And then you've got to figure out, you each just have to figure out how, through my gender conditioning, or my cultural conditioning, or my parental conditioning, how I attach to the five kindness. You know, so like me, I am the second son of two sons. In a refugee family, and it would have been pretty tough going right after the war for my family, I can't remember. And then coming to Toronto, you know, they had 50 bucks, and my mother said, basically, she stopped eating so that the boys would have food. And so she's got this kind of conditioning, and then from, and I don't know how I got conditioned by all of that. 
But one of the things, being the second son, my condition around the five kindness is I want everyone to be happy. So I must have somehow picked up the sense of if I can if I can make sure everyone's happy, the family's happy. My brother no, he's different, he's different kind of condition. So I can see my sense of self arises in Sangha as this guy who has to make sure everyone's happy. This is exhausting. <laughs> it's a losing game. Good luck. Right? And that that is a kind of cultural, familial, gender conditioning that creates a sense of self in social situations. If I'm aware of that, I can see the sense of self arising in that. I don't have to attach to it. I can use it. But I don't have to take that identity. And that that attachment to the sense of being a person is has kind of infinite varieties on different kinds of things like that. So it might be through might be like an experience you've had in meditation and then you're conditioned by trying to get that one. You might try to attain to that or uh, might be strong like recovering Irish, I remember one woman came to me and she said, I'm a recovering Irish Catholic. <laughs> and a strong sense of guilt. And, and even though you can say to the person, oh, it's just a thought, it's not just a thought. And it's so deeply embedded in consciousness. So each, each of us has a kind of project in that, right? Um, <laughs> but you, I get uh, it seems to me it would be a mountain, a life, or a, just a mountain of work to figure out, trace the cause of why I behave the way I do, right. why I motion the way I do, why I think the way I do, why I continually, you know, um, to trace that. You don't need to trace it. Yeah. So then can I jump to a quick path and say it's all just rubbish. The all of the condition, yeah. it's just rubbish anyway. So whether wh- wherever I'm coming from or wherever I be, it just doesn't matter because it's not, like when you always say it's not self. It's can you? But do even that even the kind of pejorative statement it's all rubbish, yeah, is a cultural conditioning. Okay, right. So certainly. <coughs> because Anicca Dukkanata doesn't say it's all rubbish. Okay. Right? So, um, yeah, the, the teaching is very direct. The grasping of the kindness is, is a losing game. Okay. okay, so, and then what you're trying to just fathom, not, not through analysis of causes, mm-hmm. but through day by day living, uh, how does the sense of self arise? Mm-hmm. Right? So it might come up with self-disparagement. It, it might come up, you know, in all manner of ways. But yeah, it's very direct. Now. Yeah, it's very direct. But but it's 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 um, it's hidden quite often. The assumptions we make about like you know, just like the assumption you make that you shouldn't be angry or that you should be generous or whatever, and then you're not generous and you're angry and, and you feel guilty about it. That's a kind of cultural thing too. So any, any sense of self that arises, you want to see it as a condition. And if you can do that moment by moment, you're free. Right. You're really free. Yeah, so.
But the way the teaching gets enunciated through different cultures is different according to the cultural norms. So in Thailand, the culture there was one of push yourself along. At least that's how I read it. I probably read it wrong. That's another than just reading it wrong because you don't understand the language. But so the culture said, push yourself, or I read it that way, and I pushed myself from a place of striving and trying to become. And that striving and trying to become was the kind of competitive thing I picked up in my culture and so on. And just to see that, to kind of put forth effort without trying to become something, was quite difficult. Because my whole culture and my condition was get something, become something, get rid of something. So even though I could say, just look at, yeah, just be aware. That's all it's about, just be aware. It's, it's very subtle, very subtle. So I, I definitely agree with you. I don't, I don't, I don't think that whole trail of going and analyzing. I have never done that. I've never, I've never found that fruitful because it's just another sense of self. And then people start analyzing past life. They say, oh my God, once enough. <laughs> Compounded. So definitely, I totally agree with you there. Um, but it's understanding you, understanding yourself in a moment-by-moment way of where attaching arises. You know, different, different ways you perceive yourself. If your if your mind can kind of move easily towards compassion, towards empathy, towards no thought, if your mind can abide in those states, then you know the path is strong. If your mind is constantly falling into lots of self thinking, right, and, and that's then you've got to notice what what's the mood of that self thinking? Why why does my attention get preoccupied there? Why can't I just let it go? And those are the kind of underlying desires or assumptions or things that you have to understand about yourself. So you might see someone who has um, been strongly conditioned by a cultural family situation that they're not good enough, right? And, and, and you know, that's just the way the family is conditioned in school and so on. And then they start meditating. And, and they're really trying hard, not good enough. And that can seem like a reality. That's true, I'm not good enough. And even though, you say, don't attach it, it's all rubbish, there's some things which seem terribly, terribly real. But they don't want to ditch it all. <coughs> but more from non-grasping than kind of getting rid of. It's more kind of gentle path. <laughs> but there is a lot of rubbish with <laughs> it. <laughs> but I never, you know, that whole thing of analyzing yourself, I never I never found that fruitful or useful. Or I, I couldn't see the point of it. This was just another opinion. But like just the example I gave of myself. I just, you know, I observe myself in community and I observe what happens when I'm in a group of people. How does my mind react to that? And I say, oh, let me see. 
And so this is this personality coming and going. And, but then I don't have to act on it. I don't have to be the personality. One thing that came up in my practice, um, kind of before you mentioned it, um, was like the heart chakra. Yeah. Um, so I had that same kind of thing come up in my practice. And then when you started talking about it, I was like, oh wow, somebody else is actually talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> the mystics think the year So I find that like I'm naturally sometimes drawn there. Yeah. Because some things have to be resolved there. They can't be resolved other places. Mm-hmm. Um, what have been some insights that you've had into working in that place? Because from what, what I've heard, you've worked with that um, for quite a while now. Has there been any um, things that have come up that, have, that you feel are um, beneficial to know? Well, you, you, you can put your attention on something, right? Mm-hmm. You have a capacity. You can, you can, I could attend to the sound. Right? Attend to that. I could attend to bodily feeling. I could attend to uh, thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, this moment is changing. So I can, I can deliberately place my attention on various objects. And so I find if I put my attention here, that it makes me happy. <laughs> and I want to be happy. <laughs> so then that's the way I meditate. I, 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 I try to go to the attitude which is relaxed and at ease that helps me sustain the awareness. So when I go to that chakra, when it brings a smile, or a smile, and I go to that chapter, which we can do both ways. <laughs> and then I just get that feeling of, of uh, well being, and then I just practice awareness. They're not trying to work anything out, go anywhere, get anywhere, get That's the very problem, of course, is trying to do something other than the way things are. So I'm, I'm trying, I just develop. Ways of being aware of what things are. This is the way it is now. So you, you use it, um, that feeling, that place, more as um, um, a thing in and of itself rather than as a utility? Like what, like, so for my practice, a lot of times, like, I'll, something will come up, I'll go there, or like you said, like, it just feels great to be there. Yeah. So I'll go there, and then I'll, like, let it expand or work out of it and let it do its thing. But sometimes I try and use it as a utility to be like, oh, this came up, and I'll put it in there and then let it let it do its thing with that stuff. You understand? Yeah, I don't remember. Um, you mean like if you get upset by something, you use it as a utility? Yeah, yeah. or even if like it's a tough, um, um, even so much like, Sometimes definitely with issues, but sometimes just with like a, men- a mental state, even if it's not angry, maybe it's chaotic, or maybe 
in concentration if I get stuck somewhere. I just kind of bring my awareness back to that place and then I let it w work its way out to try and resolve that thing. The stuckness? Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all good? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, a lot of this is intuitive, isn't it? It is. It's like you read a book and someone gives you an instruction, but then... That's it for Christians. Oh, sorry. That's all right. Did you get your car? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it won't. won't. Won't explode quite yet? Oh, hopefully. Yeah. But, um... something. Trust your intuition. You know, you get... You get these feelings, now this is awesome, this is right, this is relaxed, this is peaceful. You get, you know, I think insight is much more intuitive than just, it's not cerebral. You know, it's not like you, you get, oh yeah, two, two, four, yeah, no, it's like, hmm, yeah, let's to the right, maybe. And you, and you start to follow what your consciousness is telling you we're not suffering lives. Yeah. Can you... So I understand like, at a really like, intimate place what you're saying there because I find that that's um, the truer I get to that place the more true the practice gets and the more I really do understand the end of suffering and mm -hmm. really do understand the path, right? And mm -hmm. um, that stuff. Can you... Can you follow that um, all the way to the end, or this is the end, the end, or is it? Is that the doors? That's the doors. Yeah, yeah. We use it in the apocalypse now. Is that right? <laughs> really? No, it's okay. Cultural digression. That's I, I like the doors too. So I think they're going to be around forever. Um, to the end. Yeah, towards the end. Or is it itself the well, end? No. Like when well, wait, 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 you give me a word, the end. You get a like is that like we, we don't agree with the end. Okay. So So what's the end? So like the completion of the holy life. And what's the completion of the holy life? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so you're gonna go somewhere where you don't know. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> like, or is it, or is it that feeling, that light feeling? That no, no, but it's go back to the end. Okay. Okay. So you're setting something up, the end. You don't know what it is, and you're trying to get there. Do you think that's problematic? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and what? <laughs> and why is that problematic? Well, because it's, I guess. It might, it might not be an end, I don't know. No. Or no, that it's okay. undefinable, because you, uh, you don't have that term. No. I'm not sure how to put it in words. I kind of get where you're leading, but I don't know. How to Are you sure? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's the problem? What's the basic problem with that question? Like, trying to get there? Yeah. Yeah, is that the, is that the, the problem? It's, it's bound in time. Right. Yeah. And... The Dhamma is akaliko, not a matter of time. So if you set up a goal, right. which you can't define, there's a problem, first of all, right, you know, and then you set up a sense of self, 
that is now moving through time to this goal which you don't know, you set up a second problem. Right? So you get two two ignorances kind of function. I don't think you're ignorant. You know, it's no, 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 you get a very good uh, wrong view or wrong understanding in the sense that I am someone who has not reached the end and I must diligently look at my heart and do all these things to get to the end. And that's what we call Adhijat. Adhijat Pachya Sankara. With ignorance is conditioned, there are these Sankaras imbued with a sense of self, imbued with time, imbued with becoming, and trying to get rid of it. So the very, the very premise is not, it's based on self-view. Alternatively, you could say you're already enlightened, right? But that's also self-view. So the, the practice must be to notice the very inclination to have to go somewhere that somewhere and do something. Because that would be Tanha. I'm inadequate and I need to get to this goal on the end. Can I can this package that this old monk has told me, will that get me to the end? Should I use it or not? Should I that's doubt. That's someone having doubt thinking they have to go somewhere. To know the the condas as the condas, just as they are in that very sense that I am someone who has to get to the end is seen as an object. Right? As a thought, as a construct, as a sankara, whatever you want to call it, and it's seen arising, staying for a while and ceasing. And there's no need to get anywhere. So you have to go back to kind of your very definition of what practice is. If your definition of practice is in time, Certainly, chronologically, things happen. Certainly, our 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 chelases fall away. You know, like I had, you know, I suffered so much from fear. Now I have very little fear. You know, and it's so so certainly that happens in seeming chronological time. But the essence of the Dhamma is that you can only know the present moment. And that definition that I'm someone here moving through time isn't something which is timeless. Mm. And it's only when you see this, this movement is in, in awareness or in something which is timeless that you begin to transcend ego movement in time. So Akalita Dhamma is very important. You know, when we say it's not a matter of time, it's Edipasiko, come and see for yourself. That's not just you know, it's, it's. I think that contemplation of time is very profound. Chronological time, yeah. I mean, the bodies get old and the, and the ice cubes melt. Sure. But the spiritual path is this kind of intersection of the time and of time, and that's awareness. Right? Mm-hmm. And as soon as you take the self view of going somewhere, then that's abhijja, me going somewhere. If you take a selfie that I don't have to do, then it's another selfie. So the practice is awareness of change. And how can you sustain this pure awareness for long, long periods? And that's very hard to do because we desire to get something, you know. To just be aware, like one plus tomatoes talk, you know, just be aware of the ordinariness for long periods of time. It's very hard to do because of desire, desire control. That's, yeah, that's, that's 
very profoundly you put it that way because I do find myself while you were talking I was thinking about my own thing um, like timeless and time as you said and I think often my mind um, <coughs> 99.999% of the time it, it immediately goes to that light feeling that like what feels like this the spiritual world, or like the holy path, or spiritual growth and developing spiritually and having a more um, less suffering, having greater insights, being more compassionate. Like it seems it, it encompasses the wide range. It's like the thing, the stream which all the Brahma hairs flow out of, all the concentration, they full path. But in and of itself, I think there's still, the mind is still always going to that as. as that kind of becoming versus just being present with what is. Um, if you can, if you can get that sense of being present with what is, then you see how difficult it is, and then you develop practices for yourself around being present with what is. I mean, you use a breath, you use mantras, you can use space, you can use work, you use anything. But now you're not trying to become it, and you're training the mind to stay present in the moment. So it's still training, right? But it's not with the sense of me getting something. That's one of the problems with a lot of attainment talk. You know, it's, it's kind of speculative, um, sometimes conceited. Like, if I, can, if I can say I know that monk A is enlightened, that means I'm slightly enlightened too. You know, there's a kind of conceit that goes on and all kinds of things like that. But if your mind is kind of caught up into this soul going somewhere and being somewhere and then you exalt another you know, teacher, oh, he's got it, and I haven't, and I haven't got it. But if you see that very exalted, oh, he's got it, as a, a sense of self, me, him, as a condition, then you see that falls over the mind's empty. In the present, which isn't to say that beings don't have attainments and they profoundly effective, but you know, self, the sense of self is still kind of built up around around these kinds of definitions in religious life and so on. So the cha- I don't think the challenge is to become anything. I think the challenge is to stay present to the way things are, and then see, oh yeah, when when fear comes out, I just worry. Okay, that's what I got to work with. Or when, when I see a, a, a beautiful woman, my mind just bursts into lust. Okay, that's what I got to work with. And then that's very present, very present. So in the presence of, say, worry, I just go to the body, go to the heart chakra. Go to the body, go to the guts, heart chakra. And I just work with worry. Okay? And what am I doing? I'm practicing present moment awareness. I'm not trying to become enlightened. But present moment awareness, the mind wants to start present Mm-hmm. I build a bar in your presence and, and fear starts to fall away. So I, 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 the, the, the things that keep me bound to samsara fade away and the things that keep me in the present moment get stronger. And that's a practice. That's not, you know, that's hard to do. Mm-hmm. But it's not based on becoming someone who doesn't have fear right. or becoming someone who doesn't have lust or becoming someone who doesn't have anger. It's just based on knowing anger's anger, feels fear. That's probably why awareness is one of those ones like we've talked about some of the times where you feel like you're kind of in awareness just itself. 
and maybe that's why it's so tough to be just an awareness because um, the other side of becoming like when you start walking the spiritual path it's so good like it's like that other side makes you feel light makes you feel happy makes you feel connected to all things and you get different kind of um, yeah so maybe that's why just awareness is so well you want to be careful of the fuzzy warnings because <laughs> they're all very sweet and nice but anger has just as much right to be there as the fuzzy warning right right if that's its karma come on where did I get that fuzzy warning <laughs> you see what I mean yeah and obviously you. you think oh this fuzzy warm feeling that's spiritual but this this feeling of hating the guy next to me who I'm going to have to sit for the next 20 years <laughs> that's not spiritual right mm-hmm. but you know the, the only spiritual is awareness mm-hmm. so that that and it's very hard to be with something really ugly and just to know it as a kind of you know to see it's just a kind of that's all it is it's very hard not to feel guilty about or hate yourself or whatever and then the really exalted feelings of warmth and compassion not to feel oh now I don't it but certainly you know compassion is encouraged but there is something about the burning of the whole life that even any mystic we all go through the dark night of the soul right and why do they go through that St. John of the Cross, the ultimate shot, crying in the forest. Mm-hmm. It's that story where he's in the burning ground and it's raining. I didn't know that story. Oh, yeah, he's just, you know, he starts crying. Oh, I'm all alone here and sitting around with corpses. What am I doing? He starts crying. So there's something about whatever karma is coming into your consciousness. Can I know if it's just the kind of arising season? And and, and and the more you, you understand this project of non-becoming, and you understand the three tanhas, you're quite willing to witness whatever. You can wake up to all of that. Whatever, yeah, it all belongs. Because your mind now has a, has a spaciousness which is bigger than the good, bad, and ugly. You always prefer, you know, the fussy ones. We do feel actually do. But, it, but I think the, the okayness of feeling jealousy or you know, you know stuff like that we, we feel guilty about it but we don't invest anything in it so that the practices of metta are truly inclusive rather than just warm feelings <coughs> it's a tough practice I think. it takes a lot of that's why you you know being trapped is a, is an important part of, of the spiritual life because when you get trapped you can't you know whether it's vocation family monasticism whatever when you're trapped and your stuff comes up into consciousness you don't know where to go and that's actually good it's, you know, it's, it's very, very powerful. as long as it's not abusive right? you're not burning out very powerful just have to watch that. <coughs> 